Welcome to episode 64 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, joined by Matt Deitch. Matt, how you doing? I am doing great on this fine day. Yourself? I'm doing good. I don't have coronavirus and I don't think you... Well, I don't. I, I won't guarantee it. I don't. This is a corona-free, coronavirus-free podcast yep uh, as of right now and <laughs> ncaa and and uh you know nba and and all these other organizations are canceling out all their stuff and and i mean i'm not i, I i'm not trying to joke around about it i do think it's a pretty serious deal i don't know if it's as serious as what everyone's making it out to be whatever but what i can guarantee you is that you will not get the coronavirus by listening to this here episode exactly right you might get some other virus on your computer or phone if you're looking at something else but it won't be from this <laughs> uh not everyone looks at the same websites you do matt you just type in bigfish.com and you never know what comes all up. right this is going downhill <laughs> and uh we aren't even a minute in so uh well guys we got a uh, really cool interview today mike olson of fish addictions and uh unless you've been living under a rock or just don't really care about fishing uh you know here in the upper midwest fish addictions is uh you know, them and in-depth outdoors is kind of the elite, uh, you know, TV shows, YouTube shows, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Mike's the one that started it all. Yeah, it's pretty cool to have him on tonight, uh, just to get a good talk to him and see what it's all about, see how it started, and yeah, it's going to be kind of an interesting story to, to find out. Right. And I think everybody at one point in their life has aspirations of, I'm going to, I want to be on a fishing show or a hunting show, or I'm going to start doing this. I mean, we've all done it, got a camera and started doing it, and everybody fades off but i mean it's gonna be kind of cool to see like what right that's that's what i'm the most uh intrigued by is you know what actually started you know what tipped that first domino you know to really get it going and uh well i guess uh in the next 20 minutes we're gonna find out so uh for sure all right we're gonna get over to him and we're here today with mike olson of fish addictions tv mike how you doing Good, good. And you're, you guys doing all right over on that end? Oh, we're doing pretty good here. Our ice is gone, but otherwise we're doing good. Right. We got a little ice left. A little. I mean, I think we're we're turning the corner now. Things are going to start cooling off for us again for the next week or so. So, But we don't have any snow on the ice. So once it decides to uh, get good and warm on us again, it's going to go quick, I think. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Mike, before we uh, obviously talk about fish addictions and, and everything else that people know you for, um, we had a couple off-the-wall questions that we wanted to ask you. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously, uh, on the road from fishing destination to fishing destination, uh, you know, you guys spend a lot of time in your vehicles, whatever, but uh, you also spend a lot of time, you know, probably eating out on the road. Uh, what's the restaurant that the Fish Addictions crew uh, most likes to stop at? And that depends what state we're in. It's either Holiday Station or QT. <laughs> gas stations. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lot of gas station food. <laughs> yeah, on the road, that seems to be what it is. But uh, you know, we all we you know what every state has is a Texas Roadhouse. So that's, oh, that's oh, where yeah. we kind of stop. So <laughs> yeah, when me and Matt were in Lacrosse, Wisconsin, when Matt was fishing that Bassmaster Open, that's where we went that night. Yep. Yeah, you, know, you got to oh. get a big old steak in your belly. You just know what you're going to get there. Right. (laughs) And it never seems to be wrong, so. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Okay, now, this one, if with this coronavirus stuff going on right now, all this crazy stuff, if you had to be quarantined for 14 days in an ice house with one of the other fish addictions guys, who would you choose? Oh, man. (laughs) You're putting me on the spot here. (laughs) Um, I would have to say... 
I'm going to say Andrew Kraft because the guy is just hilarious, but he can he just talks fishing with the best of them. So we could all talk fishing. They're all great guys, but I think oh, Andrew sure. keep me keep me rolling. All right. Now, if you had to spend the day out on the water in your boat with one famous athlete, who would it be? Ooh, I mean, I would say probably Gary Parsons. I'm going to say he's a walleye fishing athlete uh, just because the guy is so full of knowledge and Every time you open your mouth, you better be listening. For yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, Mike, uh, where did you grow up, and what is your earliest fishing memory? Um, I grew up in Ada, Minnesota. It's like one of the only counties in Minnesota with no lakes. Oh, wow. Uh, so we oh, had... along with Along with down here in Rock County, just north of us in Minnesota, there's no lake in Rock County. <laughs> really? Either. Right. Yeah. But my grandfather grew up raising fish and, and really just the outdoors. He instilled in us just the love for the outdoors, no matter hunting, fishing or whatever. And he also uh, ran a hatchery where he uh, stocked a lot of uh, local Minnesota lakes with walleyes. That's, and that's kind of what we did in the summer. In my teen years, we would go and we would catch walleyes, trap walleyes, trap minnows. Uh, and bring them to different lakes and stock them from their walleye associations or their lake associations. So walleye kind of ran in my blood from a really early age, and I really have to thank him for that. Now, take take us, uh, I mean, did he just have like a farm with a bunch of little ponds on it, or, or how does that yeah. exactly work? So we had, he had, I shouldn't say we, he had a building that had big concrete structures in it, uh, ponds where he would raise them from, from all the way from eggs or we would actually go out and milk the milk the walleyes fertilize them put them in the hatchery from the hatchery they go into little like 100 gallon tanks and from there once they matured enough then we would put them into these big concrete tanks until they became fingerlings and at that age we had or he had five or six different ponds that uh that we would put them in until they were ready to stock and the fun part was is when when we would get an order to stock them we'd get the, a jig and a twister tail and clip the barb and if they needed 500 walleyes in there we were catching 500 walleyes so that, was, <laughs> that was a lot of fun he would net them too but there was a lot of instances where we'd just go out and catch them yeah, yeah absolutely can't help but fall in love with fishing then yeah we'd, we'd line the banks with like 10 of my cousins and it was just like every fish you caught went into the big tank and we delivered them the next day and it was just so much fun. We learned so much. I mean, he had brood stock waters and stuff like that where we would get the females and the males during the during the spawn time, and we would go out there and help net there. And uh, we really, really got to understand the process from start to finish, which was really cool and, and something I, I hold pretty pretty close to me. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, with that, uh, did he, I mean, were, were there any like super big walleyes? Like, do you ever remember like having a 12 pounder in the pond or, or was there, were they all smaller breeding stock ones? No, we definitely had big ones in there. He had a permit to pull out of the Red River over here. And so we would go down there and catch the brute stock and then transport them to his, to his holding ponds. And then each spring we'd put out the gill nets and, and, or actually hoop nets, not gill nets. And then we would pull the nets every day and, and milk the eggs and milk the males and fertilize them. And there was definitely some big ones in there. I, I can remember, you know, I was pretty small then, but I can remember putting 10 plus pounders in the broodstock pond. I do not honestly remember them coming out. Wow. That's, that is, that's cool. Now, when, at what age did you start chasing some other species, uh, you know, outside of the grandpa's? stock ponds well back in the day uh 
you know, the mentality of the, of the older generation, I'm going to say guys that are seventies and eighties now, uh, it wasn't a good day of fishing unless we got our limit. And my, one of my grandpa's favorite things to fish for was bluegills and rock bass in the summer. So we would chase them religiously on a few lakes around the Monoman area, but walleyes and catfish, you know, we had the wild rice river and red river right out our back door. We didn't have any lakes, but we did have those two rivers and, and we learned how to catch channel cats pretty consistently. So catfish and walleye were definitely my favorite to catch. Uh, but the, you know, we've always had a passion for, for all of them and the bluegill and the rock bass and the crappies were always on that list. Very close. Very cool. Now, uh, when did you start actually going on real fishing trips and going on destinations? You know, it's pretty cool, you know, doing what we do now. My very first big destination trip to was, was to a lake called Reed Lake. And we got to go, it was kind of right of passage for us when we were young. At six years old, we got to go to on our first trip. We would go up to Reed Lake, camp on an island for a week. And it, it's really cool because if you guys watch the show, we just got back and and filmed on reed lake and i went there from six to 16 so we went 10 years in a row to the same island on the same trip uh with my grandfather my father and all my cousins so we got to go at a pretty early age you know they trusted us out there running around these islands i don't even remember them chasing us around it was six years old and not that big of an island really maybe two acres three acres or something like that and they would let us run from side to side and we'd fish all day and then fish all night offshore so I can just remember just, you know, growing up with a fishing pole in my hand and, and, uh, it, it, some of your best memories are from that age. So I try to do that for my kids now. Absolutely. Right, for sure. I, yeah. gotta, I mean, to go on a trip like that, I mean, there's a lot of families that have, like you said, you know, that rite of passage, that trip that you just can't wait to get to a certain age and go on and continue to do it year and after you're at six years is pretty stinking young to be going on a big <laughs> fishing trip, <laughs> running around you an know, island. We, we got the first grade. It was it was first grade or six years old, whatever came first. And and first grade, we, I, I will never forget that for the rest of my life, loading up for that trip. And it was, I think it was 12 hours north of where I lived. And it was just a giant trip for us. And then every year you look forward to it. We always went the last week of June because my uncle was a farmer and he would be spraying the first week of July. But in the last week of June, it was kind of the in-between. So that's when we always went. And so many memories there just going back this year brought so many different things back we you know just from where you launch to going by the island we stayed on by the snowmobile and it's just it's so many things that i thought maybe i forgot all come back to you really quick yeah it's amazing how that happens kind of like riding a bicycle <laughs> yep <laughs> now uh fast forward to uh fish addictions uh when did this start or, or how did you get the idea Oh man. Uh, well, we all remember the forms back in the day. I mean, you guys remember that year and it was, that was before Facebook got big and, and I can remember, well, I always loved the outdoors in general. So hunting and fishing and my brother had a, had a form page called huntaddictions.com. And, uh, I was a part of that and helping him with that. And, and I caught a giant at that time for me, and it still is a big fish. I caught a, a, a big walleye on Lake of the Woods, and I posted a picture on one of the form sites. 
and I just got razzed and razzed and razzed telling me it wasn't that big and I didn't know what I was talking about and blah, 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 blah. You know how it goes. It's oh, cyberbullying. That's still happening, right? And yep. I, I, I remember being on the highest of the highs because that was the biggest walleye I had ever caught that I could remember uh, weight-wise and length-wise. And I, I sat down. I posted the picture. I was on a high. And I remember coming back like 25 minutes, half hour later. You know how it goes. You post something, you go back and check it a few times. And I started being all these negative comments on there. And I was like, this is not what fishing is about. Nope. Like, there, this is not why I posted this picture. I post this picture because I'm on here supporting all these other people's great catches. We need to create a community where people support each other. And that's really how Fish Addiction started. I, I People that know me, I'm more of a doer than a talker. So... I went, I laid in bed that night and I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to start this. And she's like, oh, she laughed at me. She's like, okay, whatever, go ahead. So I started fishaddictions.com, which was a, a form site. Well, we really got into the form stuff way too late. Uh, it was on the back end of it. But we but we got into it and we had 5,000 people on it pretty quick. And it was dying out, though, the form thing. And Facebook was getting bigger. So we kind of decided after about a year and a half that we would just xna the form and start fishaddictions.com which kind of grew into the a fishing form on facebook and then i met josh clausen and uh still a really really good buddy of mine and he was really good with computers and both of us wanted to kind of get the cameras out a little bit and do some fun things so we just kind of started doing the camera thing no sponsors no nothing and uh just kind of went we like to call it ninja filming uh out just filming ourselves and they just having a good time and that's really how what you know of fish addictions today how it started and kind of where it started from to to the point of actually getting video right now obviously uh you know at the time you weren't on any major networks uh, this is probably before the youtube time how hard was it to stay disciplined and and keep the camera running like uh, you know, I think both me and Matt have tried it before, you know, where you go out there and you get on a good bite and you kind of forget about the camera and all of a sudden you're getting off the ice or getting off the at the boat ramp and it's like, man, I didn't even stink and turn that camera on. And, and you know, how, how hard was that for you to stay disciplined like that? You know, it was very hard, but we were driven. Hey, uh, you know, both of us had a passion for fishing and we just... I mean, it was just one of those things where it was like, all right, we got the camera. We would set it up first thing before we drill holes. And, and we did all right. I mean, it was definitely tough. It's definitely tough to be that guy that grabs the camera and films the other guy catching fish and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, yeah, it was very tough to answer that question. Very, very tough. But it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. What What was the point where, like, you guys were like, man, we really have something here, you know, and when you decided to start, like, pursuing the tv show aspect of it um and that i mean that's a whole different story in itself uh we were doing our self-filming and in in the midst of filming uh eskimo ice fishing gear 13 fishing custom jigs and spins uh and striker ice had all contacted us you know we were just doing our own stuff and and josh and i we would film then we'd come back and i had a permanent ice house and we would spend two three nights after work from like five to ten o'clock editing video in this ice house it was just kind of like our layer we'd edit videos and we got a little better and a little better and we started i mean without us even honestly knowing what was going on on youtube 
we all of a sudden got a following and uh we were up to you know at that time i think like six seven thousand views we were getting on some of these videos and for guys that only had at the time 600 700 followers we were like whoa people kind of maybe like what we're doing and then eskimo ice fishing gear contacted us and said hey you guys are you know we've been with you guys for a year now you guys are kind of get a following what do you think about going and, and talking to fox sports north we'd really like to get our brand with a group of guys like what you guys are doing and and at first i was like no no that seems like seems like a jump we're not quite ready for uh so we did we went and talked to fox sports north and and uh they liked what we were doing and i kind of was a little hesitant till i said well, let's do one more year you know, let's do one more year of YouTube, see what we can do. Let's build our audience because it's a big it's a big commitment to jump into that. So I wanted to make sure that we could do it, you know, for what they were asking. And and so we did it. We did the next year and we, you know, eight to ten thousand views each week on on our videos. And I was like, OK, let's give it a shot. And here we are five years later. So when did you actually decide to start assembling a team around you? You know, now you've got uh, a great crew of awesome sticks around you. When when did you start uh, picking, you know, some guys to film along alongside of you? You know, that pretty much started right away. It was when we were trying to grow it. I, You know how it goes. You start something, you're having fun with it, you get buddies involved. Uh, I had a few guys right on from the bat. Uh, well, Josh Clausen, Taylor Melantine, uh Anthony Kleinwalker was one of the first ones that are still around. And uh, we started building that team almost right away. And, and just, I, I knew right away what I wanted to, what I wanted to portray. And I didn't want to be Mike Olson standing over a hole talking fishing. I wanted to show people the, the aspect of getting out on the ice, the camaraderie, the fun, the travel, the you know everything that goes into going no matter if you're going to your local lake or you're going to a canadian trip you know uh and, and i always thought that was what set us apart different from everybody else's we had a story to tell not that these other shows aren't good and i still love i still watch a lot of these other shows but that's that's what makes us a little bit different than everybody else and i think that's the biggest key yeah, it, it kind of goes back to what that first forum post when to create the community of it and exactly uh, that's what you're doing with the show i mean it is pretty cool like you said just to see like the whole adventure in itself where it starts oh, man. and I mean, where it ends i just we just got done filming ice for this year and i had a conversation i you know the one question i get the most at this time of year is are you still having fun and that i love that question because it makes me think right i told my wife that if I ever wasn't having fun doing this, that I would quit because it's a lot of time commitment. I got four kids and I'm married and, and I'm gone 100 to 150 to 190 days a year. And, and that's her one, you know, her one thing. She said, if you're not having fun, you need to quit. And I just got asked this just the other day. And I, you know, I like getting asked that because it makes me reflect on how everything went. And I'm having just as much fun today as I did five years ago so that that is what it, it's all about for all of us we're the 14 guys that are on the fish addiction staff and and other guys that are helping out we all have fun and, and it's all about having fun for us it's not about outdoing anybody else we're just out there doing our thing and and that's what makes it so much fun and and week in and week out that's what we get the most comments about is like 
Taylor catches a giant lake trout two weeks ago, and and he can't even talk. He's stuttering. <laughs> you know, that's real. That stuff is. Oh, we real, know that with know? Taylor. We know that that's real with Taylor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's that's what's so awesome about what we do. So, I, and we all get along so well, and I, I truly believe we have the best staff in ice fishing but the most underrated in all of ice fishing we don't have giant names but we have guys that truly truly love to be out fish get on the ice share it with people and truly truly have fun well don't kid yourself about the following that uh that you're assembling we've had both taylor and theo on our show and those were monster episodes for us yeah they were (laughs) they were and the cool well, the cool thing about the the show itself is that it is kind of a semi live show as far as you know it's this season's adventures that we're seeing on TV. Yes, yes, and a lot of people are like, I don't know how you guys do it. And there's other in depth outdoors and and a few of the other guys. Uh, they all they do Larry Smith. They all have semi live stuff too. Uh, we try our hardest to make it less than two weeks old. Uh, with ice conditions this year, we did a we did something different. That's how we always strive to do something different. Like you guys just got done seeing the Wacusco Falls mm-hmm. three part series, which we it's it's one of those special places where you can legitly go out there and catch three, four, five different trophy fish, and we just showcase three of them. How how hard is that? Have you ever had it? Uh, you know where man, you know we got a video that's. Uh, Pertnier, you know, going to be needing to be uploaded, and uh, we just haven't gotten on a solid bite yet. You know, have you ever had that, like where the pressure is just really on you, and you got to take off? And yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you should ask my uh, my editor that he uh, he'll call me and be like, "Hey, it's five days out from air date." <laughs> show. I'm like, "We're we're on the road." He's like, "You're on the road." I don't. When am I gonna get this? I'm like, "Hopefully tomorrow." <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, and we truly don't have any backup shows. I mean, one time in five years we had to do a rerun, uh, and that's just what it is. And that's honestly the only reason we'll do a rerun is because we couldn't even get on the ice, yeah. uh, weather and stuff like that. Uh, I would say that. And we've shown a lot of bad days on this show, and that's just the reality of fishing. And it's crazy because the bad days get way more attention than the good days. I, I mean, it, it's so true in fishing. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get on them every day. It's just no. not what it is. And uh, that's part of that's part of what we want to portray. It's fishing. I don't wanna, I don't wanna create a fairy tale, you know. And and I think that's what's that's what's really cool about what we have made as our persona basically is is we're just going to give it to you like it's happening you know i mean we're out there we only have a certain amount of time we got to show you if it the fishing stunk or if it was great we've got to we got to give it to you where do you see fish addictions in 10 years do you guys got some uh, other avenues that you're looking to branch out and do or or you know are you going to stay the path of what you're doing and and just keep on plugging along Do do you have any other ideas yeah, you know, we get approached by our sponsors and other people to to expand in what we're doing. Um, I mean, I think really the expansion is going to be more more internet shows. We're on Carbon TV, Outdoor Action TV, Roku, and that those avenues, those those internet avenues above and beyond the Fox Sports North. Um, 
you know, who knows? I'm open. I'm open. Uh, I'm just, we're just doing what we do. And, and if opportunities come, we're always going to be there and always, always look into opportunities. There's so much going on, man, who knows where we'll be in 10 years. I mean, in 10 years, you and I might be sitting next to each other virtually or something. Who knows? (laughs) Well, if you want to put me on a couple big perch virtually, I'm all right with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A couple of those a while back, what you guys are getting like 15 and over 15s. Most unbelievable perch fishing I've ever experienced in my life. The day Taylor and I went out and, and pre-fished this lake before we went out and filmed it, and I actually caught one that was 15 and 7 ace, 2 pounds, 9 ounces. Holy moly. Oh, dang it. I just brought it to the taxidermist. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs to go to Idaho? Or, oh, you know what? I, uh, I have said that to several people. Uh, I'd love to take you guys there once. We'll have to figure it out one time, but... It's uh, it's you know, it's one of those gems out there, and and Devil's Lake has them. I will say this wasn't Devil's Lake, but it was close to it. So. Very cool. <laughs> so now you know we all know like this can't happen without sponsors and very supportive sponsors. Who are some of the sponsors for Fish Addictions TV? Oh, uh, you know, uh, we've got Thirteen Fishing, Warrior Boats, Suzuki Outboards, Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear, Eskimo Ion. Uh, we've got. Devil's Lake Tourism, Travel Manitoba. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. You know, everybody that supports us, it's just, it's so awesome. Garmin, you know, we were lucky enough uh, to get contacted by Garmin three years ago, and, and that's been a really, really cool one for us. Obviously, everybody knows what's going on there and, yeah, and the constant innovation that's going on with Garmin. I would say, out of all of our sponsors, they all treat us awesome, but Garmin is a really fun one to uh to get to get on the saddle and take that ride with them they you know wild the term game changer gets thrown out a lot in fishing yes garmin garmin was truly a game changer you know sometimes you almost feel bad there was one bite (laughs) that we were on that we've been trying to film like no no doubt trying to film it for two years we knew it had giant crappies in it we would get on them we'd catch 10 and then they would be gone like just gone and we just could not catch them consistent enough in that particular lake to film them and i was when when garmin came out with the pan optics i looked at crafty and i'm like we got to go out and try this and he's like yep i think it'll work so we go out there and we uh the the crappies couldn't get away from us and i mean that's just one instance of of how it changes it right i mean we know exactly where they went, how far they went. And there's guys out there that are like, blah, blah, you know, that's cheating. You're not true fishermen if you got to use that technology. I mean, no, we're all over that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you got to utilize it right. You got to right. still know how to run it. You still have to catch the fish. Does it put a little bit of deer advantage? Yeah, but well, let's look at the guys 15 years ago when they had FL8s and that was it. Uh, or even that, or even before that, right? right. When the FL8s came out, it's it's just the progression of of the industry, and and we've all got to adapt. Now, do I think the the limits and that kind of stuff maybe need to adapt with technology? I would probably agree with that. You know, uh, we're, it it is a little easier to catch fish, but you still got to catch them. So. Yeah, my my. Whenever somebody says that to me, I'm just like, okay, I, so you're sitting on the bank with a stick with a string attached to it with a homemade <laughs> hooker and what here 
Yeah, like, I don't want to see you using a snowmobile. I don't want to see you. Using <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I want to. I want to see you out there with one of those old wooden rods with a stake on the end of it, and yep. <laughs> and get her done. <laughs> no, Mike, you guys uh, did a really cool deal. Uh, the Eskimo Dream Trip giveaway. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was cool. Eskimo gave us an opportunity to take someone fishing that supports the Eskimo brand, and and Rob Delaney out of New York State won the trip. And when he won it from New York, I was like, uh oh, I don't know if he's gonna. That's that's a long ways to come, but him and a buddy jumped on a plane and and came to Devil's Lake. And one of the first things he said to us was, "I've never caught a walleye, and the biggest perch I've ever caught is like ten inches, ten and a half inches." I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "I just want to catch a walleye and catch a perch bigger than that." I'm like, "Okay, okay we're, we're, <laughs> you're in the right spot." <laughs> yeah, we're we're in Devil's Lake, so this this could be done. So we go out the first day and. We're fishing, we're fishing. Perch, perch fishing's been a little bit tougher on Devil's Lake this year, uh, but we did. We ended up catching a bunch of perch. We did not break his his perch record that first day, or he didn't, and uh, we ended up catching a nice bunch of perch. And then at night, I'm like, "All right, we're gonna stop perch fishing and go go catch a walleye." And he's like, "Oh no, I won't catch one." Lo and behold, he caught. I think he caught six or seven walleyes that first night. So he was just elated. First walleye he'd ever brought up through the ice and i told him that night i was like all right what do you want to do you want to go catch a bunch of fish tomorrow or do you want to just just go try to catch one one big one and he he hot around about it he's like well this is a dream trip giveaway i'm like now's your chance to do it you're here so we formed a plan and, and got to a place where big fish are we've been known to catch big fish in the past and you got to remember when you're fishing big fish no matter what fish it is you're not going for 50 plus fish you're going for one to five you know and we have different techniques that we that we like to utilize for bigger fish uh when i think of big perch i think of very lazy fish they're big and fat and for a reason they swim around slow they don't swim around in big groups they're ones twos maybe threes and they're just roaming so i told them i'm like all right we're going to set out dead sticks. And he's looked at me with wide eyes and like, we, I just, the most big fish I've ever caught is on dead sticks for perch. So we, we set out dead sticks and gave him a jigging rod and shoot. It didn't take about an hour, hour and a half. And he had one that was just a hair over 15 inches on the <laughs> wow. ice. So he, uh, he didn't only catch a fish, a, a good one he caught a giant by anybody's oh, standards sure. i know there's bigger ones out there but a 15 inch perch is a giant yeah no doubt so i'm sure he was pretty excited about that you will we have we filmed the episode and and i don't know when this will air but it's uh it's gonna be this week's episode so awesome. I, can, I can remember when our buddy caught his first jumbo perch <laughs> and i think everybody on the lake yeah. <laughs> i think he thought he had a state record but I thought Rob was going to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He wouldn't put it down. No. I'm like, what are you going to do? You're going to let it go? Like, I'm not letting it go. What are you talking about? Put it in his pocket. <laughs> I'm like, all right, are you, this is your fish. Yeah. You got to decide, you know. Awesome stuff. Well, that's, that's the cool thing about fishing. Oh, sharing those moments. I right. Mean, that's, what it, that's what fishing is all about. Uh, if you go out fishing with your buddies and you're out there just to compete with your buddies, 
I'm not, I'm not, don't come fishing with me because I'm the guy that wants to have conversation. If I'm catching fish, I want to let my buddies know how I'm catching them and what I'm doing to try to help them out. And, uh, and just when somebody catches a giant or somebody catches a personal best or somebody catches a trophy that's in their eyes as a trophy, we're there to pat them on the back and, and tell them good job and way to go and that kind of stuff. Because, I've just learned over the years that if you do that and you support the other guys around you, that big fish, that catch of a lifetime for them, it maybe isn't for you, but for them, they'll remember it and it'll be that much more special for them, you know? And then that's what it's all about. It's, it's all about that. It's not about us. It's about, it's about making memories. Absolutely. Well, Mike, you're not competitive on the Fish Addiction Show, but uh, you actually do have a competitive streak to you. Uh, you fish the NWT uh, National Walleye Tour. Uh, how long you been doing that? Uh, I'll be coming into my third year doing that, and it's uh, I've been competitively fishing for a while, but on the National Walleye Tour, this is my third year. I'll tell you what, there is a there's a learning curve there. You know, when you're fishing with a hundred plus of the best walleye fishermen or some of the best walleye fishermen in the United States, ugh, you know, you you feel like a peon in that group. You just feel like every morning when we launch, you're looking around and you're seeing Keith Cavias, Gary Parsons, John Hoyer, uh, Corey Sprengel. Brett King, I mean, the names go on and on and on. These guys that have accolades, you know, that they don't even remember they have. <laughs> and and you're just like, oh, my. Like, all right, let's do this, you know. Uh, and, and the reason I jumped into that was just because it forces you to learn different things, to push yourself to different levels. And that's that's what I love about it. Oh, yeah, it definitely makes you a better fisherman just going through all that. Did you ever do the the co-angler side, or did you uh, go straight into the boater side? I did a couple tournaments on the co-angler side, and uh, that was if anybody's going to do it, I would definitely, I would I would suggest a full season or two on the co-angler side just to get used to it, because uh, it's a whole different world when you know we're fishing with somebody. And Matt, I know you do that in the bass stuff, but you're fishing with somebody you have no clue who it is. Right. And and in our in my in the walleye case, their fish count for ours, so we really have to be a team in the boat. It has to work out right. You have to mesh. It, it and that's tough. That's tough. Well, we've had we've had a couple of guys on here that have have fished the tour or ha- are fishing the tour. That you know, some of them say that they are in favor of having the you know, the pro-am format like that. And some of them wish that they would get away with it. Yeah. I mean, I look at it both ways. I, I've fished with a couple of the guys where then had days we'll never forget. And we're still in touch and we're still mate. We're still really good friends because of it. And I've had uh, absolutely horrific days where I just wish that person wouldn't be in the boat, but you know, with the attitude that we have on everything, attitude is everything. So yeah. uh, it's, it's tough though. I mean, uh, if they came to me and said, "Hey, we're going to have it solo. You're going to be fishing this by yourself, and you're just going to have a a judge in the boat with you," you know, that would be okay with me as well. I don't mind the co-angler aspect of things. I think for one, it keeps everybody honest. Uh, for two, it gives you the chance to teach somebody, uh, and I think that's probably the biggest difference. You know, when I was a co-angler, I had Joe Akata. And I, I will never forget that day in the boat with him. I went into his boat thinking I knew a lot, and I came out thinking I needed to learn a lot more. Oh, yeah. That so, humble you. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, 
so it, it all depends how you take it. You know, we all have our good and bad days and, and take the good with the bad, but I would take it either way. The co it's, it's very intimidating, you know, cause as, as when a co-angler gets in your boat, you don't know their expectations of what your day should be. And, and a lot of the co-anglers maybe don't understand how we're fishing or what we're fishing. You know, they, they probably get in the boat and, and think, Oh, we're just going to go whack them today. When the reality is, is I'm hoping to catch five fish, right? you know, and you, some of them, some of the co-anglers get a little owly about that. They'd rather go whack a bunch of big, a bunch of fish and don't really understand that we're out there to catch five fish. If we catch 20 fish that day, yay, you know, but we're out there to catch five big fish. Yeah, you're out there to win. It ain't a guide trip. <laughs> right. You know, I fish every tournament. Either I'm going to win it or I'm going to lose it. And so far, I've been on the losing end a little more than the winning. <laughs> but that's part of the competing. Well, what would you say is harder, preparing and fishing for one of those tournaments or filming an episode of the show? Because there's, really? I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into both of them, and there's pressure on both of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, the tournament thing is still newer to me, uh, but, but filming the show, there's a lot of, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is I actually put the shows together from start to finish. So I plan them. I get the people who are going on them. I get the reservations to where we're staying and everything like that. And I got a great team that we all kind of pitch in on that kind of stuff for the tournament. Um, gosh, I think they're a horse apiece, really. Uh, when we're pre-fishing for the NWT, you're thinking nothing but that. And then the cameras are that because we've been filming those last few years, the cameras are just there catching that, you know, yeah. we're not really, we're not really trying to come up with an episode. We're trying to give you what happens, you know, yeah. so it's kind of easier that way. But I would say really, honestly, it's a horse apiece. Yeah. Looking back at all your tournaments that you fish now, Mike, uh, which one would you say is the most memorable? Oh, I would definitely say championship on Lake of the Woods. I was going in, I was a second place going into day two and I needed to make day a top 10 day two to make it to day three to get to the, obviously the final day. And I went out that morning with a lot of high expectations and uh, dumped one really big fish right at the boat. Never did get that overfish because on Lake of the Woods, they have a slot limit. So we had to have one over 28 each day never did get that fish and squeaked into the top 10 in seventh place. But, and then on day three, got my big fish again and, and finished fourth in the championship up there. And so far that's really the highlight of my national walleye tour career for sure. Uh, but really overall, it's making friends with all these guys. You know, a lot of guys that I look up to now are, are peers of mine. And I think that's, what's really cool. Oh, for sure. Very cool. Now, Mike, uh, before we let you go, um, where can people find more about fish addictions? Uh, you can definitely find us on Instagram and Facebook. We're really, really active. What a lot of people don't even understand is fish addictions isn't just about the TV show. We put out fishing reports. We we give updates on, on gear and that kind of stuff, and we're constantly doing different things. We try to be a really well-rounded place. So Facebook and, and Instagram is a great place, YouTube. If you look up Fish Addictions TV, and of course you can catch us on Carbon TV, Outdoor Action TV, and uh, YouTube. So yeah, we're we're kind of getting everywhere. We're broadening our horizons all the time. So it, don't be surprised if we pop up a few other places. Absolutely. Right you ready for open water, Mike? 
that's bittersweet. You know, this year's been kind of tough. We got a little ice and then a lot of snow and then a lot of slush. And now the slush is kind of gone. We don't really have snow on top of the ice, so it's easy going right now. But I also got my boat two weeks ago, so staring at that's been tough too. <laughs> you get a you get a new boat? Yeah, got a Warrior twenty nine or two hundred eight with a uh, with a three fifty Suzuki, and uh, we're ready to rip. When's when is the first tournament? It is the thirtieth of April and first of May down in uh, Chamberlain, it's South in Dakota. Chamberlain, that's right. Yep. So that'll be interesting. Chamberlain, the guys down there are saying that it's setting up right now as it would usually at the end of March. So we're about three weeks ahead of time. So yep. we'll see where those fish are at once the tournament comes. You know, what everything we were anticipating as anglers and what we can what we can really figure out is is on the internet. So we can't really figure out what they're doing right now. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see where all those fish set up when it comes to tournament time. For sure. Very cool. Well, Mike, we really appreciate you taking time out, and uh, yeah, we we look forward to uh, the future videos coming out. Uh, we appreciate everything you do. It's it's a lot of fun uh, checking it out on YouTube all the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's a blast just to talk about fishing. I mean, that's what this is all about. Let's talk fishing and and BS on it and go from there. Yeah, that's we'd right. love to have you on again. So. Yeah, always. absolutely, anytime, guys. All right, good luck on the season, Mike. Thank you. Have a good one. See ya. There he goes, Mike Olson of Fish Addictions. Way cool dude. Yeah, that's a great story too. I mean, just deciding one day that they're going to do it and staying with it. I mean, like I said earlier, a lot of people have had that dream to start their own fishing show or outdoor show, and it peters out pretty fast. It's pretty cool when you know you get with a buddy and get it going and just keep it going. When it's really amazing how much success they've had. Like you know, like I mentioned earlier, I mean. I would say they uh, they are you know along with you know in depth outdoors the elite uh, you know TV shows here in the upper Midwest for as oh, far for as fishing sure. goes and yeah it was very cool that Mike uh, took time out of his day I I don't know I'm sure he's probably going chasing a bite somewhere <laughs> but uh, yeah, the cool thing about all those guys there too is like they're so approachable and personable you go to a lot of these shows early in the year the ice shows just like a lot of people are I mean. I think people can get intimidated because you see them on TV or things like that and not go talk to them or be nervous to talk to them, but they're just regular guys like all right, of us. Right, yeah, and uh, I mean, you'll be able to tell Taylor, I mean, oh, just yeah. the sickest stash and sickest flow in the fishing <laughs> world, and uh, no, yeah, they're they're all very approachable people. They're cool dudes. Uh, go, if, if you see them at a sports show, go and say hi. Tell them that you heard them here on the podcast because that helps us out a lot, I'll tell you that. Right, yeah, they... Go and watch all their past episodes on YouTube and hit up their social media pages. They do do a great job of getting reports out weekly, and, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Speaking of uh, helping us out, uh, we got a lot of help from Michaels in there. Uh, after we got off the phone with him, he's like, hey, what do you what do you guys think about giving away an ice auger? Yeah, well, uh, how about that? Yeah. So, uh, Mike has uh, generously given a brand new ion x auger to us uh you know to somehow promote uh the show promote our podcast promote fish addictions whatever and uh we're gonna give it away somehow uh i really i don't know we kind of tried kicking around a couple ideas on on how we you know could potentially give this out you know probably through facebook and instagram or whatever um so definitely stay tuned for that yeah this is a 500 dollar auger yeah, it's and they're they're pretty sweet augers. Oh yeah, yeah. I I mean I think you get hundreds of holes on a charge and uh, yeah. yeah they're 
I don't know. I, Mike never said that me and you couldn't win it. <laughs> or do we just like call and tell him like, hey, it's uh, here in Rock Rapids where you need to send it because yeah. the winner's from here in Rock Rapids. Yeah, and we'll get just, it to him. No. Yeah, <laughs> they just so happen to live in my house. <laughs> no, 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 that's cool awesome. That? That's I mean, just very neat of him to do that yeah so uh i don't know how we're gonna give it away i really don't uh like i said probably somehow on facebook i don't know if uh we'll do some sort of uh question like we did with the cold snap rods i don't know if we'll do a like and share of a facebook post i i really don't know how we're gonna do it but we're gonna do we're it we're gonna do it we got a somebody's brand gonna new... get themselves a nice brand new ion x auger in the mail yeah God dang it, that's that's freaking sweet. It's awesome. That's five hundred dollar auger. That's awesome. Just for listening to this podcast. That's this right. is the podcast that pays back. That's right. That's that's the way I look at it. You don't have to pay to listen to us, but you get paid by listening to us. That's <laughs> that. You, what's better than that? Right. You know, I can sit here and toot our own horn all day long, but uh, I'm going to move along. Uh, <laughs> car fell through at Okaboji. Car uh, fell through. Yep. For uh, a lot of people that don't know what that means. Our local lakes here, the Iowa Great Lakes, they put a car out on the ice early in the ice season once they can get out there with it, and they, you can, uh, how do they? I think you buy a date or something yeah, like that. It, date and time, yeah, things like that. So Okaboji, it's kind of a competition. Yeah, chamber of commerce or something like that. Whatever. Don't worry. They take the fuel tank out. They take <laughs> all the stuff out, and then they. Yep. So it's all environmentally friendly, and then they go out there and they get it after it goes through. Right. Right. I think. Uh, I think like Okaboji Underwater Rescue through Duckies Marine or something like that. Uh, you know they've got a lot of, lot of really sweet equipment that goes out there. You don't have to worry about them ripping up the ice at this point because <laughs> <laughs> there's really no ice to rip up. So, yeah, no, I saw that. Uh, saw that. Um, yeah, basically, that uh, means I it's think getting close, right? I think uh, us here down in Northwest Iowa, you know, in our tri-state area, you know, obviously Southern Minnesota, everything probably. Basically, south of Brookings is uh, is basically shot. You know, I'm I'm not saying that no one's not getting out. I'm sure there are still a couple hooligans yeah, doing if, it. And, and if it's yeah. you, <laughs> don't try to prove us wrong. And this, if you, yeah, we if it's believe you, you, yeah, if it's you, go ahead, get out. If you still feel safe and you're doing all the precautions, go right. do it. But well, I got a float suit. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. Good for you guys. But uh, it ain't going to be us. It ain't going to be us. I did. Yeah, uh, yeah. I talked to Craig Oiler, and he thinks uh, three to four weeks more ice Saw fishing that. out there in the Black Hills. And uh, it's tempting to head west, it's huh? Really tempting. Point the to GMC west, <laughs> yeah, west just, and go. Just go, man. Uh, he did say that we could stay at his place. Yeah, and drink all his coffee and eat all his food. Go to the grocery store, get stocked up, not on toilet paper, get stocked up on ribeyes and donuts and whatever, because maybe I'll come out. No, uh, Matt, what are you looking forward to with open water season? Like, what's the what's the one thing that you're really ready to, to, to get going on? Uh, I, you know, I, you know, like the last episode, we talked about spring smallmouth fishing. I'm, I really want to get out there and get after some spring smallmouth. Yep. Right after ice out. But I think the thing I'm looking forward to most is, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past with the bass club that we fish in. We fish, we don't fish against each other. We don't necessarily fish, you know, we fish in the same boat. You're fishing in a different category than I am. We work as a team, but we've never fished a team tournament. Right. And I really want to 
you know, get into one or two or even more uh, some of those team tournament tournaments, the two of us, because I, I, we worked really well in the boat, and I think that we, we could have not only success with it, but just a, a blast and a good time. It's just, it'd be a different feeling fishing with each other, you know, together. You're seeing me release all these big fish, and, and you're kind of wanting them for your own. Like, well, I'm like, yeah, we should, I mean, we need to do a team tournament, so that way you can catch all the big ones. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, do you got your fingers crossed right now? <laughs> no, my He's toes. He's got his stinking fingers crossed. <laughs> no, God, that that would be a lot of fun. I We definitely got to get into a couple. Yeah. The old Tiller Nation, man. Just... <laughs> Big Bass Tiller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I man. thought about getting that on the, on it this year. You Big know Bass name? Tiller? Big, no, Big Bass Tiller. Tilla. Tilla. <laughs> Sounds <Yeah>. badass. <laughs> no, uh, my, our, my album drops like, <laughs> in a few weeks. Parental, a, parental advisory. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what about you? What are you probably looking forward to with the open water season? You know, I don't coming? mean to copy you, but uh, I definitely am ready to uh, get going on the Iowa Great Lakes Bass Club. Uh, God dang it, I just had an absolute riot fishing that last year. And uh, so I'm ready to, to do that. Um, you know, I one of the things that I'd really like to do is, uh, like, get – get into you know some of these lakes that you know have the rapids flowing into them and you know cast for cast for walleyes you know like there's some big muskies that kind of roll them around in those areas you know kind of do some of that type stuff uh you know i'm I'm really looking forward to I, i'm hoping with this early with this early thaw and and everything you know a lot of snows getting sent down south uh you know quicker than normal i'm hoping that the river here in town really sets up good and and that you know a lot of times i mean through april may you know we've got a lot of flooding going on right but, uh you know this could set up to be the perfect spring for us and uh yeah i'd really get after them yeah so i'm i'm really kind of hoping you know good northern pike good smallmouth bass down there the occasional walleye uh i'm, I'm really looking forward to that and you know another thing that i really want to do this open water season and and i feel like every single year i say it and every single year I just get busy and don't ever really do it, but I want to go do some catfishing down at the river, you know, at night, yeah. uh, you know, I, me and Ramrod have done it, you know, maybe two, three years ago, but you know, just go get some chubs, get a lawn chair. And, you know, there, there used to be a day when, uh, well, you know, uh, 18 pack of blue yummies was sitting alongside of me and I'd, I'd sit there until the sun came back up and I don't know, probably let a lot of fish fish off the hook because I wasn't really paying attention because right. I wasn't really down there that much for the fishing. And, uh, obviously now that, uh, that's not the lifestyle I really lead anymore, but I do want to get back down there and catch some catfish. Uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those, uh, species that we don't target as much as what we really should beings that we have that the resource a, a, right, right a great catfish fishery right here ready to you know i really want to go out and catch some crappies early on too you know right get out and, and uh, maybe like run a slip bobber and whatnot that's yeah. not something that i that i normally do uh i don't know I, God, when you sit here and start talking about it there's there's half a million things that i want to do and chances are i'll probably only do about two or three of them and but it is about getting two or three you got to have you know, you got to set a bunch of stuff out there so that you do accomplish some of them. I mean, yep, yep. You got any trips planned for the summer uh, aside from like your Alexandria trip in July or anything like that? Not as a not as of yet. No. So mm -hmm. maybe we'll have to get something planned. And we should we should really uh, should try to do something. You know, up in 
northern Minnesota or, or go up there into South Dakota and, you know, try to do try to do something like that. You know, I we, think we always say, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, we should do it, but yeah. just never really there's happens. Some, there's some smallmouth lakes that I want to get to in northeastern South Dakota. We yeah. definitely have to take a weekend and do that. Right. Um, I think it would be fun to go up to the Minnesota River and chase some big catfish. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, that'd be sturgeon or something. That'd be a lot of fun. No, yeah. Well, uh, hopefully, hopefully we get a chance to do some of that stuff, and hopefully we take you guys along for the ride. Hold up, Matt's got something. Well, no, not about oh, that. But okay. uh, you know, we've got a breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing he stocked up on toilet paper. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Don't forget that. Uh, is it this week coming up or this week is? Uh, Chickamauga. Chickamauga. Yep. So get your Bass Fantasy lineup set. I already got it set. Do you? Yep. I don't know if you saw, like, the first couple days that it came out, like, it was really freaking goofy. Like, the A A bucket, like, you know, normally there's an own percentage up. uh, Some of them said, like, 37. Like, there's a, like, when you did the math, it didn't add up. It was, like, well over 100%. Like, 200%. (laughs) Sorry, guys, but five guys can't have 30%. Like, that's just, I think it's common core math. <laughs> that's right. You know, if if you take this guy's and add it there's, to that guy's. There's then probably you, some algebra, algebraic equation that right. it goes into. But I understood it. I understood I know you, you did. Didn't. You I know. Didn't, but you I know. count by ones, twos, and threes. Right. Uh, so. All righty. <laughs> but, well, yeah, get those, get those lineups set. It's pretty cool to have all the guys in the. Or all the people in the fantasy fishing league this year. It's Absolutely. a good time. Absolutely, and and you know I, we always say this. Uh, well, not always, but we have before. Uh, add us on Facebook, Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch, S T U E R M A N on Sturman, and D E U T S C H on Deitch. Yeah, that's it's two different accounts. We don't have a joint account. Yeah, so. he wanted to get a joint account, but you know Scott I mean, won't make the commitment. I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. You know, I mean, I've, next thing you know, Matt's posting personal pictures of me, and I don't want, I don't want them out there. There's no uh, face. There's no Facebook prenup or anything like that. Right. So. Right. So uh, yeah, no. Add us on Facebook. Shoot us a message. Uh, Instagram. You know, all those. Yeah. Shoot us a message. Uh, you know, if you've got an idea for a future show, or if you've got a guest that you'd really like to hear from, uh, shoot us a message and say, hey, I want to hear from this dude, and this is what I want to hear because. Uh, we will. We'll try our best to get them on. Uh, you know, there's there's some people that are obviously really hard to get a hold of, and you know, got busy schedules, whatever. But uh, we will. We'll shoot them a message. We're not guaranteeing you that we'll get them, but we'll try our hardest. And uh, so, yeah, we just we we want to do what you guys want to do. So uh, we like we've been getting a lot of interaction from you guys online, yeah, and it's a lot yeah, of fun to very cool. get the comments and things that you think are cool about it, things that are changed that we maybe look into changing things all the constructive criticism we love it all yep just don't tell matt he's ugly oh, because i've been told that my whole life yeah and it's gonna hurt his feelings and next thing you know episode 50 or 65 he's just gonna be crying and no one wants that i don't <laughs> want it i don't want to sit here with him crying <laughs> so all right with that we're out of here that was episode 64 we will see you next week on episode 65 later